American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says. Promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co-host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It's good old J.R. Jim Ross, the voice of AEW Wrestling. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. CVV Chris Van Fleet. This is Liam O'Rourke, author of Crazy Like a Fox. GCO, the French-Canadian Frankenstein. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to Top Rope Nation. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We're going to have one hell of a podcast. NXT TakeOver in your house, in the books. We're here to break it all down for you. This is episode 148 of Top Rope Nation. My name is Ryan Drosty of comicbook.com. I got three individuals on the line with me tonight to break down the show that we just saw finish up just a few minutes ago here on the WWE Network. Kind of a mixed bag, I thought. I'm interested to see what the co-hosts think tonight. And we're just going to kind of go one by one, just get your initial thoughts on uh, what you thought of the show. Usually what we do is we go A through F, the old school grading scale. What did you think of uh, of In Your House to NXT TakeOver? And I'm going to throw it out first to my buddy, Mr. Justin Joint, on the line. Justin, what would you grade NXT TakeOver in your house? Uh, probably a B minus. Okay. I would say um, I think there was a lot of forgettable stuff on here. Um, but as far as NXT events goes, I mean, it was it was kind of a crisp show as far as, you know, length of matches. Nothing, nothing dragged too much. Mm. Uh, there was a little bit. But, um, uh, I, man, I, I really enjoyed all the nostalgia stuff. Uh, Todd Pettengale was a plus. I, I freaking loved his joke about... Uh, technology eliminating 900 numbers. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I I had fun. I'll say that. I had fun. And also on the line, Kyle Ross, my longtime sidekick of damn near four years now, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, what did you think of the show? Um, C, C minus. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was a particularly memorable show it's not something that i would i'm dying to watch anything back granted it just ended so i mean there's not a lot of shows i mean it's fresh in my mind but i could see you know months from now i'm not really gonna be too intrigued about anything that happened tonight i think by modern standards none of the wrestling was particularly stand out and from a storytelling perspective I think only one match was a real success. I think, yeah, I think we're going to agree on that one. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and by your usual takeover standards, I think this was definitely one of the weaker takeovers, but I anticipated that going in. So it's not like my jaw's on the floor about that. Yeah. Okay, well, we will come back and touch on a lot of those subjects as well. Um, before I give you my grade, let me introduce our special third co-host on the line tonight. And we're looking to do something a little bit differently with this week's pay-per-view review show. Uh, we thought, you know, it would be kind of fun to get some of our listeners involved, especially our longtime most supportive listeners, specifically our Patreon members. And the person I am about to introduce to you has been a 
Longtime listener of Top Rope Nation, a couple of years now, he's been one of our best advocates. In fact, his home state of New Jersey consistently ranks as the number one most downloaded state for our show. So I think I got to give this guy credit for spreading the word about Top Rope Nation. So when we thought about bringing on one of our Patreon supporters, his name kind of rose to the top here. And we're going to look to do this in the future as well. So for those of you on our Patreon page, if you want to join the show for one of these post-takeover, post-WWE pay-per-view style review shows, hit me up with a message over on Patreon. We'd love to have you get involved in the show. I think it adds just kind of a whole new dimension to what we're doing here. And so with that said, let me welcome to the show from the great state of New Jersey, the home of the boss, my guy Bruce Springsteen, Mr. Kyle Ryan. Kyle, welcome to Top Rope Nation, and uh, what did you think of NXT TakeOver in your house? Hey guys, and thank you so much for having me on tonight. Um, I gave NXT TakeOver in your house a B-. minus. Okay. I thought when it was good, it thought, you know, when it was good, it was good, but there were at least three matches maybe that I thought just went on too long and they dragged them out probably could have cut maybe five minutes off of them so that really kind of uh, bumped it down for me yeah I would agree with a lot of what you said there too I uh personally I'd give this show maybe like a c plus I was right in that kind of c to c minus range I would say it was a fairly average show uh until we got to the main event the main event bumped it up a little bit for me. I, I I thought the women's match was really good, and so that yeah that rose the stakes for me a little bit. But still, of NXT Takeover shows, I thought this is probably the weakest offering that we have seen. So I think what we want to do is we're gonna just kind of run through the card a little bit. We're gonna start with the main event. I got something to say about that. But before we do, we do have to get some housekeeping items out of the way. So we do want to mention, of course, we are members of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. Check out BlueWirePods.com for all of your podcasting needs. Whether it's sports, movies, or entertainment, Blue Wire has the show for you. So check out the full roster, BlueWirePods.com. And of course, if you are a listener of the show and you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe wherever you are listening to podcasts, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're pretty much on all of the platforms. You can also find our whole back catalog at TopRopeNation.com. Better yet, leave us a written review and a five-star rating. If you do so, we will read it on the air and send you a free Top Rope Nation sticker in the mail. But in order to get that, make sure you leave your Twitter or Instagram username so we know how to get a hold of you to get that address so we can send you the free gift in the mail. And lastly, if you want to uh, join that Patreon page I was talking about a couple of minutes ago, it's the best way to support the show and our growth, patreon.com slash Nation. Join our friend Kyle Ryan and all of the other patrons of the show over there. I should give just give a shout out right now. Thanks to the support uh, from Derek, Gabe, Tim, Liam, Ryan, Sean, and Greg. Join them over at patreon.com slash Nation, as well as a free gift in the mail when you sign up. All right, so let's just start off with the main event. Uh, like I said, really good match, I thought, with Charlotte Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. We saw the title change. It, it brought the score of the show up, at least for me. But I couldn't help but think about how I think there's some issues with what's going on here over the last couple of months in the NXT women's division. So we've got Charlotte Flair's title reign now over. And my question would be, what exactly did her NXT title reign accomplish because if you think back to pre-WrestleMania, of course, Rhea Ripley was like the next big thing in the in the WWE women's division. Not just NXT, but, you know, main roster. We had big hopes for her coming up there. Uh, but instead of Rhea Ripley beating Charlotte at WrestleMania, getting that rub from one of the top stars in the company, she lost. And now, to me, she really just feels like she's lost a lot of steam. You know, she took the pinfall here in the finish of the match. She was in the figure eight. And then Io Shirai comes off the top rope with that moonsault to pin her. You know, if you think back, could have had Rhea Ripley win at WrestleMania. Then they could have had Io Shirai beat Rhea here for the title. We'd be right where we are now with Io Shirai champion. But I think both her and Ripley would feel like bigger stars. So I think if you look at this retroactively, I think this Charlotte Flair thing was a massive, massive error, regardless of how good the match was tonight. Uh, Mr. Ross, what do you think about that? 
pretty similar to what he thought. I thought it was a good, not great match, hurt by some head-scratching booking that you sort of laid out there. I'll tell you exactly what Charlotte's NXT title reign accomplished. Cooling off Rhea Ripley considerably. Mm-hmm. That's what it accomplished. Uh, I was very perplexed. I don't know if that's the right word, but I'll use it since we're recording a podcast and I don't get a second chance. Uh, over the kind of groundswell for EO to win the title, you know, that I was seeing on my timeline. It's not that I don't like Io Shirai. I love Io Shirai as a performer, but you hit on something. And there was a Triple H interview, which I'll reference here in a moment, that, you know, it, it seemed to be, well, Charlotte beats Rhea, so it makes Rhea a bigger star in the long term. But that's not what happened. Charlotte didn't even do the job here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is an issue. You know, uh, and so I want to talk about this Triple H thing because I saw it a few days ago and I was anticipating Charlotte not taking the pinfall here. I was anticipating her losing the title and not getting pinned. So I made sure to bookmark this Triple H interview. It was with Alex McCarthy, okay? And the headline, I was in absolute freaking tears over this headline, okay? Uh, Triple H believes losing to Charlotte Flair helped Rhea Ripley's character. (laughs) I mean, I was crying when I read that, so I had to click on this. Uh, and this was from a few days ago, June or yesterday. It was, as a matter of fact, June sixth. Yeah. Um. So Triple H, he went on, and you know, he had the usual snooty defending of Charlotte. Oh, she takes way too much, you know, um, criticism. Yada yada yada. But there was a window into the soul of WWE creative in this interview. And let me find it real quick. Uh, Oh, okay. You know the burnout factor in stuff is quick and intense with short attention spans and everything else. So to me, this is phenomenal, referring to Ripley losing to Charlotte. Okay. I am just pulling my hair out at the fact that WWE, like their view on babyface champions is, oh, we give the fans what they want, but the fans get sick of them. So why should we even give it to them anymore? (laughs) That's a great point. Yeah. Wrong back of the line, Paul. <laughs> okay, yeah, we get what we want, but then you stop giving them any sort of compelling uh, story once they're champion. And that's why people get burned out. It's not people get sick of the baby, cheering for the baby faces. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it, we see it with uh, Kofi Kingston last year. We saw it with Seth Rollins last year, where the reason those title runs failed is because... They just didn't give anything interesting for them to work with once they became champion. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just in tears reading that interview. And I, I just think, like you did, Ryan, I don't know what Charlotte winning the NXT title exactly did to benefit this brand. Like we said, it cooled off Rhea, but that's a negative. Mm-hmm. And you're going to EO and Rip Rhea. And like you said, you could have gone there too by having Rhea beat Charlotte at WrestleMania. And, you know, then she could lose to EO, and then EO's the person who beat the person who beat Charlotte. But instead, exactly. EO beat yep. Rhea, and Charlotte's going on. She'll probably be the Raw or SmackDown women's champion in three months. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did a guest appearance on the Two Jabronis with a wrestling podcast show, our, our Blue Wire brethren, the other day. And we did we did takeover picks. We didn't do those on, on our show, but... I had a hard time predicting this match, but I went with Rhea Ripley because I said, you know, I love Io Shirai too, but they did Rhea Ripley so dirty at WrestleMania. I want to see her get her revenge. And she didn't. And in fact, she took the pinfall. So, yeah, I had issues with the way this was laid out too. Uh, Justin Joint, what do you make of all of that? You know, do do you think we're onto something? Do you disagree? Who did you want to see win the match? Um, Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I definitely wanted either, you know, Ripley or uh, Shirai to win. Um, I keep I keep running back and trying to figure out why they had Charlotte go after the NXT title in the first place. You know, obviously, I, you know, just as always, there's just no plan there. The assumption is that they, they put her in there to try and bump the rating against AEW, which is never going to work when she shows up on every other show during the week. <laughs> Uh, cause that makes her like completely unspecial. Um, and it's weird. She's been elevated to this Brock Lesnar level of protected, you know, 
the the figure eight is really protected. And uh, now, obviously, with her not even taking the pinfall in this match, it's just it's strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's un- it's unfortunate. I mean, you guys have really summed it up. Uh, I guess the only thing I would say is that I, I did enjoy this match quite a bit. Um, they all shined. And that uh, last moonsault on Rhea looked really bad. That, that looked like it, it hurt her. Yeah. yeah. She caught a right push. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was ugly. Uh, yeah. So no pressure or anything, Kyle Ryan. And by, by the way, I want to say, <laughs> we're talking about this off air. I was struggling all day. How should I, how should I refer to Kyle Ryan on this show? Because I can't call him Kyle, obviously. I can't call him Kyle R. And if I say Mr. Ryan, that might be a little confusing, too. So I'm going to refer to our friend Kyle Ryan here as Patreon Kyle. So, Patreon Kyle, feel free to disagree with us. If you don't agree with what we're saying, don't be afraid to go the opposite direction. Because, you know, we talk together all the time during these shows. And maybe it becomes a bit of an echo chamber. Maybe we're uh, we're off base here. So, if you disagree, Kyle, feel free. So, Patreon Kyle, what do you, what do you make of that discussion? What did you think of how the match was laid out and, and who won? And do you agree with us on the booking over the last couple of months? No, I absolutely agree with you guys on the booking as far as Rhea goes. Uh, Rhea Ripley is the type of wrestler you can build the brand around. I think she's phenomenal. She's got the look. She's got the move set. She's got it all. And and they just have not done anything for her. She beat Shayna Baszler for the title, and it was an amazing match. And then they give her a almost a half-assed title reign just to feed her to Charlotte and then take the pin tonight. I don't really know what's going on there. So that's... That kind of soured it for me a little bit, but the match itself I thought was it was entertaining, and that moonsault off the um, off the in your house set by Io Shirai was that was cool. Mm. That was a cool spot, yeah. And uh, that's you know you hit on something there. She's she was the one that beat Shayna Baszler. You know, they put, <laughs> I like, picked years, up on that too. They put years into building up Shayna Baszler as this unstoppable force, and Rhea Ripley in that awesome moment is the one to defeat her. And then this is how it plays out over the last few months. Very puzzling. Very, very puzzling indeed. And by the way, editors note, what's become of Shayna Baszler since that loss? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, Justin brought up a good point, too. I don't understand why Charlotte ever wanted the NXT title as the Royal Rumble winner. That was never really explained well. No, it wasn't like, at all. like... They always do this thing where, like, yeah, and, you, and I'm going to get to Finn Balor's character, and I'm sure you guys are going to get very upset with me, but <laughs> that's for later in the show. But they do this thing where these Raw or SmackDown people show up, and they're if they're NXT alums, I built this place, and since I left, it's gotten soft. They always kind of do that shtick. Mm. That doesn't work for me. Nor does my voice cracking on the podcast. <laughs> so I, I can tell you but... Like, I just thought that, like, I just don't understand what the purpose of any of this was. It didn't make NXT better. Like, I'm not against Charlotte winning the NXT title, but I I would like it to be in a meaningful way. And now Rhea Ripley, she's really behind the eight ball, character-wise, because she's got to go through EO to get her title back, which is fine. That's an okay storyline, but... You're still going to have the specter of Charlotte hanging over her. So even if she wins the title back, it's like, well, you know, Rhea got her title back. But remember when she, like, wasn't good enough to beat Charlotte Mm. and she lost her at WrestleMania? Just the star-making component of WWE, I just don't think they get it, especially on the babyface side. I mean, they get it with Charlotte. They know how to protect her. Justin brought it up. She's one of those protected people in this company. Hmm. But mm, just you know, a storytelling perspective, I, I thought this failed, and the mat, the work wasn't good enough to me to outweigh the poor storytelling. I want to know when they decided they wanted to go with Charlotte and Ripley at WrestleMania, because the problem is having Charlotte win the Royal Rumble, because you don't want her to beat Becky, because obviously they wanted to you know keep her strong. Um, I guess she probably could have gone over Bailey, but you kind of get the feeling they've they've got a, a story with Sasha maybe there that they want to pay off at a later date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so they gave her to Ripley, but they didn't want Charlotte to lose because that makes your you know 
the first two women to well no that's not right now my logic's completely off here. i forgot becky won the last one i guess that would have just made two of the three women's royal rumble winners go on to lose at wrestlemania yeah i can tell you something mm-hmm. go ahead charlotte was not originally supposed to win the royal rumble mm-hmm. Shayna baszler was yeah mm-hmm. and that was changed mm-hmm which would have made more sense. <laughs> and that's why and that's why they uncharacteristically put Shayna over so strong in the elimination chamber. Because yes. they, they needed to do a Mia Culpa for her um after plans change, pal. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good match. It's worth watching, but uh very puzzling uh the direction of the, the women's divisions over the last few months. I think there's a lot to sort out there. One last thing whomever did the job aside, I don't know if I liked that finish. I mean, I don't know. Why is it not a pinfall? Like Charlotte, actually, I will give her some credit, sort of realized that it would be like a double pin if she held on. And she tried releasing the hold. If you go back and watch it, Mm -hmm. it looked a little clumsy, but she tried actually releasing the hold. So that EO's pin was like, clearly the fall and it wasn't like a confusing situation but i didn't really like that finish at all you know it's funny they just did that finish like what two weeks ago on nxt with drake maverick Mm. yeah i thought it was to kind of give them an out i guess this is their way of protecting rhea ripley like two women had to beat her with the hold on and then her getting covered on the other side i don't know that that was the only the only thing i could make of it is like she can use that as an out but you know what if you want her to be a baby face it just kind of looks like she's whining if she uses that so yeah i don't know (laughs) if if you want to get her over how about have her win yeah no kidding (laughs) no kidding you're protecting the loot when you're spending all your energy to protect the losers you don't have any winners yeah it's like you have two backup quarterbacks do you really have a starter the story of the chicago bears the last god 30 damn years. it <laughs> <laughs> you just had to go there okay. <laughs> that to me. well that that was a good segue i got a segue that i've had in the in the in the uh the back of my mind that i'm going to use here in just a second because we're going to go we're going to go a little more positive for you here, I think, in the next segment. But before we do, we got to pay some bills. I got to throw out a shout out to our good friends over at Bet Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, so here's my segue, Kyle. Are you ready for this one? You mentioned As I'll ever be. You mentioned your voice cracking a minute ago. I think you were just trying to be authentic when you took it back to 1995, my friend, back to your teenage years, because that's what WWE did tonight within mm-hmm. your house. They went all nostalgic oh. on us. At the Nicely be- done. <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks. Uh, they went all nostalgic. And you know what? Early on, I really liked it. I think it kind of wore on me throughout the show, and then it got kind of annoying. But early on, you know, I loved the intro. It was very authentic to the mid-90s in your house events. I love the Todd Pettengill stuff. I love the Ico Pro recreation. I didn't like the band they had on at the big beginning, though, I have cool. to say. Grammy-winning Code <laughs> Orange? Grammy-winning or Grammy-nominated? I'm not. If it's Grammy-winning, that's even more Grammy. atrocious. Well, just, I don't, just, what, just so we what, get this correct, Kyle, can you do the ass man voice and just re-say that? <laughs> Code Orange? <laughs> are these? And, oh. and, and what Grammy were they nominated for? Worst group ever? I mean, that this, was bad. It was real I mean, bad. Dude, I, I was 
so I was having issues with the network too, which didn't help matters. But I was getting like upset, and you guys know when I get upset and technology is involved, <laughs> the things that start happening. If okay? you heard off I air th- what happens on this show, my god, people! <laughs> I tossed the remote, said "motherfucker." The wife came down, and said, "What's going on down there?" And I said, "I'm having internet issues, and there's some really bad music playing. Please help me." <laughs> All right, I, I got two things here. Number one, has there a show ever in like the first three minutes gone from the highs of that opening in your house promo to the lows of that opening uh, song? Um, and then also, I really hope this is another moment where we are trashing this band and it happens to be Kyle Ryan's favorite band. Oh, yes. <laughs> we're we're going to get to that. Because uh, I, I wanted to bring in Patreon Kyle here on, on something related to the nostalgia. You know, because as as we were talking about this show in our text thread as it was going on, Kyle was joking, Kyle Ross was joking about, you know, are they just trying to book this for the over 50 crowd? And, you know, those of us that watch back in the day, it's kind of weird as it went on. So Patreon, Kyle, I know, I think you're a little bit more of a newer fan versus us. I don't think you really watch pro wrestling in the 90s, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, did a lot of this go over your head? Did you enjoy it? Did, was it sad? <laughs> like, what, what did you make of the nostalgia throughout the show? What's your opinion on that? Uh, well, in 1995, I was two, so... <laughs> there you go. My God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pour another beer, Kyle. <laughs> but, uh... No, I'm, I'm a bit of a lapsed fan. I watched when I was, I remember watching when I was little, and then I took a break until about WrestleMania 33 is when I came back. Okay. And I've been consistent ever since. But I enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm a big 90s fan, so I liked some of the, the throwback commercials. Those were cool to me. Yeah. So it wasn't I, the worst thing. I love the set. Although those, those had no ties to In Your House, the promotional. Uh, it was like Coliseum video stuff with that. Yeah. Right. No, it was like the weekend shows, like Superstars and Challenge. You yeah. Know, uh, what is that? Promotional consideration paid for by the following or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And the home videos. These, I mm-hmm. guess both of them. Yeah. Uh, the Lord Alfred Hayes impression yeah. there. Yeah. The the Ico also, Pro, Adam Cole walking through the bat. I think that was, is that a Bret yeah. Hart commercial? Yes. Also, yeah. Adam Cole uses Ico Pro. I don't know if that's the rousing endorsement. No offense. I'm not a big guy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like I said, I like the stage. I like that they brought that back, you know. That I thought in regards to how the performance center looked, I thought this was the coolest setup they've had from during the entire pandemic. I thought it looked way better than WrestleMania. I thought that this was by far the best set that they have had. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. Justin, yes. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, it was it was it was a nice looking show. I liked that. I like the colors. They popped, you know, the entranceway unique. I love that stage in the 90s. Again, I didn't like that band, though, guys. No. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to say that I had the show on as it started while me and the family were sitting down to dinner. It's like, I got to watch the show live, honey. We got it. We got to have this on. And like right as we were sitting down to eat, that band started in. <laughs> and I'm like, I am so thankful my wife didn't kick me out of the house because I kept that on in the background. Cause she just looked at me with like deadpan look and was like, what is this? <laughs> I just shrugged. <laughs> Honest to God, if you're listening to this podcast and you like that music. <laughs> oh, no. Don't don't keep going. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to offer you a platform. Please tweet at TRP Kyle explaining why. <laughs> like, it, it tell like. I just, I have like, I guess like musical tastes of a lot of my friends are somewhat skewed. They're kind of like snobby, but like, who likes that music still in the year 2020? Like <laughs> people much who, younger than us, I think. Do they? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, ask Kyle. Kyle. I mean, is that like what the kids are listening to these days? As Kyle Ryan quietly takes down his code orange poster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was Wait. changed out of my code orange T-shirt. Let me... There it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that was not. I was having the same technical issues with the network, and I've never been so happy to fast forward oh. through an intro before. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Like, it's like Triple H is the only person alive who still wants to hear new metal in 2020. Yeah, and that's and you hyphen metal. <laughs> I love this conversation. This is so good. So bad. That was oh. such a bad song. Oh, man. I mean, it's funny that um, 
you have actually heard it, Brian, because like I was actually thinking, like I like when Cam was like, "What's going on down there?" I kind of didn't want her to come down to hear the song. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be associated with this song in any way. It's just so bad. This is not the kind of television I watch. <laughs> no, uh, like I mean, we can all agree there's no reason for a live performance unless it's playing someone to the ring playing their entrance music. There's yeah. no reason for it. Yeah, why even do that? Like, what did that accomplish? I mean, you talk about Charlotte Flair's NXT title run. Okay, <laughs> at least that she's a big star. What the hell did Code Orange do? I mean, granted, <laughs> it was five minutes of our lives, but it felt like five hours. Damn it, it they really were nominated fun. for a Grammy, Kyle. <laughs> That's what they did. They have the credentials, apparently. I don't know. Somehow. People who voted Jethro Tull over Metallica in 89. There's an outdated <laughs> reference. There you go. I am just anticipating the hate mail coming our way this week. <laughs> who the fuck likes Code Orange? There's no one's going to give us hate mail. No one likes that group except in the Levesque, in the Levesque household. Oh, okay. Anyways. <laughs> one more thing. Yeah. Look, we did an entire show about, what, 10 days ago or so. It dropped about the history of In Your House, our favorite matches and stuff, and I enjoyed doing it. It was absolutely fantastic. But, like, it's funny. Doing an In Your House nostalgia show in 2020 would be like if at the first In Your House, they were honoring Bruno San Martino. <laughs> That's true. So, like, yeah. You, you think about, like, hey, you know, why aren't they getting the kids? I mean, it was cool if you lived through it or – if you're someone who's gone back and watched it, and you're like, oh, wow, they're like honoring this thing from 25 years ago. And sometimes that's cool, but it's not like the biggest effect. Like, it's not the like the worst offense this show had, but I don't know, man. I think it speaks to some of WWE's issues. Yeah. That that was the thing that people were most excited about for the show. Speaking of WWE's issues, let's talk about the camera cuts and the backlot brawl. Let's let's go to this one next. Um, Adam Cole, still NXT champion, defeats the Velveteen Dream in this uh, cinematic match, taped on the back lot, I believe, at Full Sail University, uh, surrounded by these fake buildings that were styled after the French Quarter in New Orleans. You know, complete with uh, all the uh, the railings, the balconies, all of that it was definitely themed after that so it was news to me the french quarter was in orlando but uh they had the cars surrounding the ring uh adam cole came in in this incredibly oversized uh like monster truck looking truck uh going off just take a cycle bro (laughs) going off of what kyle just said a couple minutes ago i was gonna say read into that as you may uh the match was not good. Like it, this reminded me. I was I was excited for this because you know I really like both of these guys, and I was actually thinking Dream was going to win. I did not do very well with my picks um, on this event. Although I do, I will say it was kind of a hard event to predict. But this was this was real bad. I mean, this went back to the Gargano Champa cinematic match that they did. You know, in the empty I venue. Go that far. Listen, uh, please, I had just forgotten about that match uh, a week ago. Why did you remind me of it? No, we we, re- we ranted on that one at the time. It it just reminded me of, with all the camera cuts, like the it was produced uh-huh. so terribly. I think yeah, Kyle, you sent the tweet. Did you send me that tweet or I see it on Twitter where someone was like, "Someone, please check Full Sail University to see if they have any production students that can fill in because it was <laughs> no, but I wish I would have. I think I saw it on my timeline. Uh, that that was right on. I yeah, I did not enjoy this at all. I didn't think it really did either either guy any any favors. Um, I'm gonna throw it out to Patreon Kyle first because maybe he disagrees with me. If he does, that's fine. It might be more entertaining if he did. But hey, what do you what do you think, Kyle? I'm gonna go. I feel like you guys didn't love this match. I as a huge Adam Cole, Bebe, Undisputed Era fan. Enjoyed it. Um, I loved the setup. I loved... I actually loved the French Quarter look. I thought it was a cool aesthetic with everyone, all the NXT wrestlers in their cars around the ring. I thought it looked cool. But the I thought the headlights kind of killed the lighting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it kept reflecting off the camera, and that just was an awful look. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. The uh, you know I knew the arrow was coming to save Adam Cole. I knew Dexter Loomis was going to come from under the ring there. Um, he's you could do a whole conversation on his character alone because they got something going on there, and I don't know what it is. 
But uh, overall, I enjoyed the match, and Adam Cole is still our NXT champion, so I'm happy. What's it say about Velveteen Dream that with all those people around the ring, nobody wanted to help him out, apparently? You know, we had, we had the interference <laughs> on the other side, but like, no one wants to help this guy out. You're just going to watch. Come on, guys. There were some visuals in this match that didn't look great in light of recent world events. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dream getting beat down by four white guys yeah. like that. Uh, but that wasn't. Here's my thing with this. I think they I was wondering what did this backlot brawl add? And I just think they kind of maybe knew that this wasn't gonna be the bee's knees as far as a NXT title match, and they just had no other way to make it interesting. So they're like, yeah, let's just come up with a backlot brawl. It felt very attitude era-ish, to be honest. Like, yeah, this match probably is a good bit, so let's just, you know, give it some pizzazz. Um Dream, I got to be honest with you, he has not been good since returning from injury. And part of it is maybe he's lost a little bit of his superstar aura because there's no crowd. I mean, he was never the greatest worker in the world, but, man, he's, he feels like he's taken a step back uh, since returning from injury. And I don't think he's a great baby face, quite frankly. Um, Adam Cole... I'd like to see him turn babyface. I don't know what is left for him to do as a heel champion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you look at who else won on this show. I mean, who's next for him? I mean, the two guys that got put over really strong are also heels. And, the, you know, obviously it's a different time we're in. But when there were crowds, the crowd is dying to cheer for Adam Cole. Listen to what Kyle said. You know, he loves Adam Cole. I think a lot of people like Adam Cole. Um, I don't know. I just thought this was boring, to be honest. And it should be noted there were reportedly rain issues when they were trying to tape this uh, last week. Hmm. Or you, would think was that it. Would, you would think that would have added something to it if they could have. I mean, as long as it didn't, you know, the dangers of electricity. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Actually, no, but I, I guess they waited it out. And this wasn't recorded until or they didn't tape until after midnight so there were some people honking their horns pretty late at night what would you think of a champion versus champion match with keith lee i think that would be a great match if worked properly and by work properly i mean not the way they worked the johnny gargano keith lee match tonight i think i think the dynamic there with cole bumping around like a pinball could be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a match, I guess. Um, I, I just don't know. I just feel like Adam Cole. I remember back to when there were crowds. This guy gets cheered. People really like this guy. Uh, part of his he is actually book strong, and that's just and you know when heels, you know, great heels eventually turn babyface. That's just the way it always works in wrestling. Unless if you're like, you know, like some kind of like niche heel, like that doesn't exist anymore. Like you know, kind of the old foreign heels back in the day. Um, like Iron Sheik or something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of want to see Adam Cole go babyface. Uh, Justin, you got anything to say on this one that we haven't already touched on? In your opinions? Uh, no, it just it, it dragged on. It was too much walking around and just punchy, punchy. Um, the the one exciting moment for me was when the chair disappeared underneath the ring. There was a brief moment. I was like, oh, what's this? This might be good. Uh, yeah, you know, and it, I should have known who it was, but, um, that was a little disappointing. But yeah. Yeah. That's about it. You know, if, if we're talking about booking and, and the issues with booking, when we talk about the women's match, you know, obviously a lot of issues there, we're talking about the booking of Adam Cole moving forward and, and dream one person that's really been booked in a good way is Karrion Cross and Scarlett. That, that tandem is so good every even without a crowd you know it translates well on tv the entrance is so well put together these these two are going to be big stars i think um you know, kyle you got something in our notes here is kind of my thoughts too how long they spend in nxt because this you know right away they could go to the main roster would love to see them in front of a crowd uh in the wwe they obviously you know been in crowds before but yeah, I think they they booked Karrion Cross the right way here. He goes into a match with Tommaso Ciampa, 
big mainstay NXT star, and he goes over strong. I thought that this yeah. was really good. I thought this is the right way to do it. Um, Kyle, go ahead. What did you think on this, Kyle Ross? Yeah, so they did the whole booking where, you know, the new guy, he's going big game hunting. You know, he's going after one of the pillars of the NXT brand. And I was thinking in the days leading up to this, we didn't have a chance to preview this show, but had we, I kind of was thinking along lines, well, there is a right way to do this. And it's to put crossover just super strong and have him dominate Hmm. if they want him to be a top guy in the brand. And presumably they do. I don't know why they wouldn't. And I think a lot of people, myself included, were just kind of convinced, well, it's WWE. They're not going to do it that way. It'll be like a 50-50 match and Scarlett will distract Ciampa, and that's how Cross will win. Well, color be surprised. Pleasantly, they booked it the exact right way. I, in my wildest dreams, I didn't think they would have booked this match uh, so one-sided Yeah. and make Cross look so strong. And it's good. Um, what do you do with Ciampa? I don't know. He probably goes for revenge, I assume. I mean, I don't think he just, you know, I mean, you talk about terrible booking of a baby face. I don't think he just takes his licks and, you know, (laughs) walks in the other direction. That would be quite horrible. But, um, yeah, this was the one match that was a storytelling success. I mentioned at the outset, I thought only one match was a storytelling success, and it was this one. Mm -hmm. I I think he got a book, Ciampa. He, he, He comes back with a new uh, entrance music. And I was just wondering if you had any ideas of what that could be, Kyle. Oh, thank you. But I forgot about that part. So, (laughs) yes. Okay. It is criminal that this man has not come up as psycho killer by talking heads. Every time he walks out, I just like, and Moro, who, I'm, I'm not, people know me, my opinion on Moro, okay? I root for Moro. I know he has some mental health problems. I root for people in those positions. My God, he was so grating tonight. Uh, but every time he mentions psycho killer, I'm just, you know, just in the back of my head, I'm like, God, he needs to come out the, the talking heads. So. <laughs> Justin, how would that song rate uh, in comparison to either Man Called Sting or Owen Hart's <laughs> mid-1990s WWF theme song? <laughs> I, I, I can't. It's untouchable compared to those atrocities. <laughs> and anyone who's never listened to the show doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. Check the archives. <laughs> the Sting and Owen Hart this. shows we did. He does that. <laughs> it's all about that guitar riff, though, man. Come on. Anyways, check the Sting show out from... <laughs> from last week um kyle ryan patreon kyle what do you think about uh the tandem of carrie and cross and scarlet because we actually haven't talked a whole lot about them on the show in the last few weeks uh what do you make of their act i think they are an amazing addition to nxt um just right from the onset of this feud this has been great you know scarlet plays the the valet role but she's also involved in the storyline whereas you know when uh, Tommaso Ciampa confronted Karrion Cross, she's egging him on. She's, you know, trying to invite him in the ring. She's mocking him. And I think that adds to Karrion Cross and his character. Whereas, you know, he'll be the muscle in the ring. He'll be vicious and brutal and she'll antagonize you. So I think that's really interesting. Um, they have the best entrance by far, in my opinion, right now. Uh, and that's actually Scarlet singing. I don't know if you guys knew that. She does the vocals on the song, I which is. I know that. Yeah. That's pretty Ooh. cool. Hell of a lot better than that band at the beginning of the show. I'll tell you how much. <laughs> <laughs> there was a funny moment during the match, you know, speaking of her uh, talking at ringside, where I think Ciampa, like, slammed him into the steel steps. And she was like, to, to uh, Carrie and Cross, she's like, maybe that makes you stronger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was good. That was real good. Uh, but I think they told a great story here. Um, you know, he went over big. He... He looks like this vicious monster. Um, and for Ciampa, I kind of see him falling into kind of the gatekeeper role for NXT. Like, he'll get the new people over. He'll be that first feud, kind of like um, Cassius Ono was a few years ago. That's the kind of role I see him falling into. Wow. Hmm. What do you think of that, Mr. Ross? I heard you it's jumping up a bit to get in there. Yeah. No, no. It's interesting to bring that up because a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, how all of a sudden 
NXT is not any longer this place where I mean it it's supposed to be, but it, it in theory, but in practice, it really has not been um, at least on the male side where future stars are born. You know, because we've seen so many uh, the rate of successes versus failures once they go to Raw and SmackDown, it's just it's negative. It's a negative ratio right now. And what we're seeing for the first time in the brand, because is some people are like seeking refuge on this brand, and it's creating a bit of a log jam. You're not seeing that, you know, constant replenishing of the stream, that mobility where a guy gets to a certain point and then he, you know, goes to a different brand. So you see this with Ciampa and Gargano's in that same spot. Um, Finn Balor, obviously, having come back, is going to be around for a while. And you've got these guys who just sort of occupy space. You didn't have that a couple years ago in NXT. Usually guys, they would be on several takeovers. They'd move on. So it's interesting if that's his role moving forward. Um, and you brought up a good point, Ryan, with Cross. I look at Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> they do not have a lot of good main event heels. Yeah, you could plug him right in there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if this works, and if you think the presentation's right, why not just move him right up? Because there's a lot of people occupying space, and there's really not a lot of room uh, for new acts on the NXT men's side. I mean, I they do have a two-hour show every week, but in terms of upward mobility, we'll see what they have in mind for him on this brand. I, I I would have no issue if he just immediately went to Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, same. Absolutely. So, yeah, you made a good point about how people would be around for a few shows and then they would they would move on because you have people like Johnny Gargano where I believe in the, in the match, they talked about how many takeovers he's worked. He's like an insane amount. He's still here. Um, this match with Keith Lee... I guess my my big takeaways were Gargano and Candice as heels still sucks. I still don't get why they did that, you know, a second time with Johnny. It's not working. Um, I guess going in, I actually thought Johnny might win, you know, to give him some legitimacy here. But instead, Keith Lee will continue the reign. He won the title back in January. Continuing on as North American champion, Keith Lee is, is a guy who's definitely main roster ready as well i mean he's he's a guy that can be a star I and mean, already is a star um i did like his ring gear tonight kyle you mentioned that in in your notes here do you want to talk mm-hmm. about that yeah it's some black lives matter gear good for him mm-hmm. absolutely so he i mean should have been wearing an eye patch though to sell the eye injury yeah <laughs> especially based on the way that match was worked yeah but he he went over. Um, I don't know where he goes from here, but um, you know, I'd liked one of the reasons I thought he might lose is because I want to see him move on to that NXT World Title picture. So that that's why I posed the question to you about a, a champion versus champion match because I feel like Keith Lee has done what he needs to with the secondary title and he needs to kind of move up the card a little bit. That's what I would like to see at least. You uh, could argue probably should have been in that NXT world title picture months ago. Yes. And the secondary title was probably uh, not the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when they actually had crowds there, outside of uh, Adam Cole, I mean, is there anyone that gets a response like Keith Lee? The crowd loves him. I mean, he's... And remember when he was in the Royal Rumble? Yeah. He was, one of, he was the rare NXT guy who walks out and people who don't watch that brand, their heads turned. Yes. They said, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. I'm interested in this guy. You know, Lesnar even kind of. Yeah, he uh, gave him the look oh, like, oh, big crap. boy. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah. Like, and people were like, like, it's funny that subtle thing, I think, did a lot in people's eyes to make Keith Lee look like a big star. And, you know, the North American Championship's fine. Um, I don't, I, I'll, I'll let the other guys talk here. Like, I did not like the way this match was worked at all. Patreon Kyle, what do you make of Keith Lee in, in this match? Uh, the only reason I had Johnny Gargano winning this match is so we could see Keith Lee on the main roster because I, he doesn't need to be in NXT anymore. Move him up. Um, you know, Kyle just brought up the Royal Rumble. Let's go back to Survivor Series. I think mm-hmm. he was the star of the men's Survivor Series match. Oh, yeah. Great. So, call. 
Roman put him over too. Afterward. Yeah, Roman put him over big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's a great uh, callback. Agree. I will say, as soon as he came out and we saw his ring gear, I hope to God he beat Johnny Gargano because yeah. the optics on that would <laughs> yes. have been awful. Oh man, That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that, and I'm kind of ashamed I didn't think of that. Yeah, that would have been telling for sure. Like uh, that, that should have been a tell he was going to win. So, and I think the biggest issue I had besides the eye spot that must be the flavor of 2020 is Johnny Gargano comes out. He locks the door to the house, makes a big show of putting the key in his trunks. And then five minutes later, he's banging on the door because Keith Lee's chasing him and he doesn't have the key. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, mean, we've all been there when we're really high or drunk at like 1 p.m., but this guy's got all his wits about him, presumably, right? Like, what do you know? And it's not like he's got 20 pockets on him that he's searching through. You know, he made a big production where he dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I was like, oh, of course, Johnny, you know, what do you know? Doing an ode to HBK uh, circa ground zero when Sean was pounding on the door trying to get away from Undertaker. But, yeah, it made no sense considering how he made the big production of putting the keys down his trunks. Mm. (laughs) Mr. Joint. Uh, Yeah, it's... All great takes here. I, I'm curious, uh, and you may want to make a, a, a timestamp here, Ryan, but if the plan all along was to help Johnny Gargano, you know, be this villain, his first uh, quote-unquote pay-per-view as a villain, they're like, yeah, we're going to have Gargano go over, and then Keith Lee shows up, and he's got the uh, the tights on, and they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Gargano can't go over now. It's Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah. Can't have him lose now, for sure. Um, I did. I like this match a little bit more than Kyle. Uh, I thought the beginning was good with, you know, Johnny trying to do some of his normal arsenal, and it's just it's not going to work against uh, someone as big uh, and strong and agile as Keith Lee. It did drag a little bit in the middle, um, and I didn't mind uh, the finish. I, I thought the end was pretty good, so I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Finn Balor tonight, Justin? I actually really, really liked that match. They were really laying into each other. Uh, the only, my only criticism, criticism of that match was that I, I felt, you know, I, I love the fighting spirit stuff like that they do in Japan, where you know the offense is ineffective or doesn't affect them, or they just fight right back. Uh, it didn't. They did quite a bit of that in this match that I didn't feel feel was warranted or earned. Um, but other than that, I thought it was fantastic. Some some really great bumps in that match. Kyle, I think you had some issues with this one. Um, I don't like that kind of style all the time. I think it's way overdone. I think that's the problem. And as we've gotten to 2020, it's just lost its novelty. And in the case of this match, it, it just it, it just kind of didn't look realistic to me. Now there was some real sick bumps, particularly the one Priest took off the apron of the stairs. Um, I guess it makes sense to put Balor over here since he's not going anywhere. You put him over Gargano so strong at the last takeover. And Damian Priest, to me, he's another guy that you could earmark for Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Especially due to the fact he's 38 years old. <laughs> I mean, you can't, I mean, if you want to get anything out of him, you know, on either of those two shows, you got to move him up pretty quick, especially. I go back to my earlier point. A lot of guys now taking up space in NXT. Where does Damian Priest fit in at this point? You know, he hasn't really won a big match. You know, if he'd won here, I'd be like, okay, maybe they're doing something special in NXT. But at this point, I just don't know why he would stay in NXT. Yeah. And my my other issue with this match, I, who was supposed to be the baby face? Like Finn Balor was this heel, but he was attacked in the locker room. And so I, that kind of took me out of the, you know, for me, this was just going in. I was like, Ugh, whatever, this match. I'm like, let's see how Priest does. But I just, I had no interest or intrigue coming into this. I, I don't like Finn Balor's character at all in NXT. I don't understand it. I don't know what it's supposed to be. You know, he cuts these just awful promos where he uses insider lingo that are supposed to be like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but they're just not good. Um, but through it all, I think this might've been the best match of the night, to be honest. 
if not if it wasn't the women's match, the main event. Yeah, I, I think Balor's in that role right now where he's not going to be classified as a babyface or a heel. He's kind of supposed to be booked as that like cool type heel. You know, he's he's got elements oh, no. of the old Prince Devitt character, and you know, like although he portrays himself as a heel, they're fine with people cheering it. I feel like kind of that's where he's at. I think going into this match, it seemed almost certain that Balor would win. The only way I saw um, Damian Priest winning was if they did something with this storyline they've been waiting on with Walter. I thought, you know, obviously with the travel stuff that Walter probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be there. Uh, but maybe like he'd appear on the video screen and, and distract Balor and, and somehow priest would oh, get the Jesus win. Jesus Christ. Like, I could see, I could see that <laughs> happening. That was like the only way we talked about this on two jabronis the other night, um, that podcast, but that was the only way I could see Balor losing. Otherwise. Yeah, for sure. He was going to win. I guess, I don't know when they're going to do this Finn Balor-Walter match. You know, this goes back to March. They started hinting at it, I believe. I mean, it's been, you know, obviously. It was supposed with, to, yeah, be on like the um, takeover that didn't happen. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously it's been kind of put on the back burner because of the pandemic. But uh, I think I think Balor's just kind of caught in, in no man's land right now because that's okay. what was on the, uh, that was what was on the agenda for him. Okay, I... This is what should have happened. Now you've got to be thinking, right? With Walter showed up on the screen, Walter should have shown on the screen, like push. You want to push, and then he should have like, and then Balor could have fallen over Priest, and he got a roll up win. Uh. I would have been in tears at that finish. I, I mean, I wanted just like I would have called you guys just laughing if I could have seen uh. that. Yeah, so Patreon, Kyle, um, you know from listening to the show that both myself and Justin over the years. Very much like Finn Balor, Justin in particular, and Kyle likes to joke with us that we're marks for Finn Balor. What, what's your take on Finn Balor and his NXT run so far, and, and also this match? I mean, I just miss smiling Finn. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, this match, I probably anticipated the least. This and the six woman tag, I think the build up on them wasn't great, but. This ended up being one of my favorite matches tonight. Uh, I think the spots were great. Uh, I think Damian Priest looked strong, uh, which they didn't really do so much in his uh, feud with Keith Lee and Dijakovic. I think this really built him up. And um, to go back to what you said, Ryan, off of Imperium, I was waiting for Bartel and Eichner to come in. You know, the the tag team, I thought they were going to come and cost Finn the match Mm. and kind of progress that Walter storyline. So when the camera was when he was doing his pose at the end of the match, I thought that was it. But I think they're just going to kill that storyline off now. Yeah, it's too bad because I was really looking forward to that match. But we shall see. They worked fast. I definitely will give them that as much as I wasn't really anticipating it. And I think the whole character dynamic was flawed coming in. These guys, they did work really crisp, really fast. Um Compared to like Lee and Gargano, I just wanted to get back to that match. You know, to me, you, Ryan, you referenced the Keith Lee Adam Cole dynamic, how that could possibly play out earlier. And I said, you know, could potentially be really good. You have Cole bouncing around like a pinball. And that's kind of what I wanted out of Lee and Gargano, where instead they just did that deal where Gargano was mostly on offense and Lee was, I guess, selling the eye injury. Mm-hmm. But like that eye injury didn't even ultimately matter much. It was just a near fall. Then Lee overcame it and still won. Right. So, you know, I just thought that was kind of like the other flaw in that match. And yeah, in terms of in ring, I, I think Balor Priest was better than everything except the main event. Yeah, I would agree. Definitely. Uh, this show, by the way, there was no pre-show matches. The, the first match of the show that kicked off things was the six woman tag team match. And, uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't have a whole lot to say about this match. Uh, Mia Yim and Candice LeRae were not involved in the finish. They fought to the back, so they got more plans for them. Uh, we've seen them both getting involved with, you know, Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano, and they're going to continue their feud, I guess. But uh, the team, Mia's team with Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox, they were victorious over Candice's team with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, it was okay. I mean... Nothing, nothing special, but uh, decent match. Nothing I would go back and watch a second time, or even you know recommend people watching because there wasn't really a lot at stake. But Kyle Ross, what'd you think of this match? Um, it was okay. I guess the, uh, 
you know, I think Tegan Knox pinning Dakota Kai, maybe that feuds over, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a brief tease of tension between Kai and Gonzalez. Maybe they go somewhere. Maybe it was just a heel miscommunication spot. I don't know. But it, it was just there. I thought it was like a two-star affair. It, one thing I do like, though, is having multiple women's matches on these takeovers. You know, having all these titles, you know, kind of takes away from personal issues, which is what this business has always been built on, not just a series of title matches that devalues the concept of titles. So, um, you know, it's, it was tough once they added that North American title, I think, for there to be a second women's match on the show. And, you know, the fact that they have to maybe extend the card to six matches, that's fine with me. Yeah. Because NXT has a lot of women mm-hmm. and they need to be on these shows. So, you know, the question I, I wanted to kind of come out of the discussion on this match to conclude the show is where does Io Shirai go, you know, as the women's champion now? Are we going to are we going to get to a rematch now with Rhea Ripley or could you guys see one of these women challenging for the title? I mean, what 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 lies ahead for her? Let me throw it to Patreon, Kyle. You, you can address the match too if you'd like, but then what do you think about that question? You like is anyone here going to be elevated to the title picture, do you think? I think if anybody's going to go into the title picture, I'd see Tegan Knox. Uh, I think she was definitely a high point in this match. And in general, she's been great the past few weeks on NXT. Um, Mia Yim and Shotzi Blackheart, I just have no interest in either of them at all. They're, they don't do anything to entertain me. i just not a fan. Um, but Raquel Gonzalez, I think, is has a lot that she can do. I think having a larger woman in the division is definitely a plus and something they can build on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to see more from her. And if we do get maybe a feud between her and Dakota, cause that did, you know, that kick in the face didn't really do much for their friendship. Uh, I think they could have some nice matches out of that, but uh, Ray Ripley lost the last two title matches she was in. So I don't know how they're going to justify putting her in a third. Yeah. No kidding. And then where does Rhea Ripley go? <laughs> That's the other question. Well, I, I think you build her back up. You know, if you're looking to a, do a uh, title match on TV, Kyle hit the note, uh, you know, I, I think hit it, uh, the nail right on the head that Tegan Knox is probably that contender who can slide in that role. She got the pinfall here. She's moving on from a feud, presumably. So uh, it would make sense for her to challenge Io Shirai on at least NXT TV in the yeah, next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, in our preview uh, article we did over on comicbook.com, I had picked Rhea Ripley to win, and then one of our questions was uh, a feud for the months ahead, and I had picked Dakota Kai thinking we'd have a babyface champion. and But now that we have Io Shirai, I could see Tegan Knox being the challenger. I think going in, it was one of those two for me. I think they probably are the most interesting you know, that kind of elevate to that women's uh, title picture. Uh, Justin, do you want to jump in here? Do you see any of these women? Or what, what do you see for the uh, NXT Women's Championship uh, picture moving forward? I think you need to immediately put it back on Charlotte Flair. Create some bias. <laughs> Have you been hanging out with Vince McMahon? <laughs> Charlotte Flair! The, the voice of the office here, Justin Joint. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that that was NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, again, f- for me, it was like an average to slightly above average show. Um, I think I think it was the weakest NXT TakeOver that I have seen to date. Uh, would anyone disagree with that? There's been a weaker I, one. I don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah. It's, 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 it's tough to say that considering the circumstances. You know, who knows what we would have got if if the world wasn't crumbling. Right. Like I think I think some of these in front of a, in front of fans wouldn't have changed that much other than Colon Dream. You put that out there in front of the fans, that would have been much much better than what they did oh. here. So that would have improved the whole show because if, you know, you think of those guys having a four plus star match in front of an audience and then what the women did, it's a pretty good show. So Although the WWE planted fans starting the uh Women's Trios match by chanting this is awesome shows how co-op uh, match 
I almost wanted to vomit on myself when that started. I was like, oh, no. They're not doing as good a job still as AEW. I have to throw it out there. It just, yeah, the fans, it's more contrived, and it doesn't sound as natural, and the chants sound, like, very phony. Yeah. And they don't really get over the storyline or who's the baby face. They're just, like, cheering and, like, randomly singing entrance songs. You know, like, the crowd was uh, singing uh, Cross's theme. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like actually like ruin because I think it's a really good theme, like Kyle said, but I thought like the the crowd singing along with it actually was dumb. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah, let us know what you think. You can tweet us at Top Rope Nation. You can find us on Instagram at Top Rope Nation. We're also on Facebook. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, patreon.com slash top rope nation if you want to support us and get bonus content. And a free gift, and hey, maybe even be on the show in the future. So any of our other Patreon members, if you ever want to join the show for one of these pay-per-view reviews, let us know. Shoot me a message over on the uh, exclusive Patreon page. So Kyle Ryan, I do want to say thanks again for joining us tonight. It was a pleasure having kind of a new voice on the show. And let the listeners know where they can get a hold of you. Uh, Thanks so much again for having me, guys. I had a blast. And I would like to apologize to whoever I just bumped off the uh, Mount Rushmore of Top Rope Nation guests. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, find me on Twitter, Kyle R four one three. Just don't yell at me too much. <laughs> oh, he's a good follow. I would recommend throw him a follow for sure. And uh, Kyle Ross, where can they find you? At TRP Kyle and Justin Joint. At Justin join? <laughs> yes, indeed. And I am at Ryan Drosty, D-R-O-S-T-E. And uh, we will be, let's see, this is Monday. This will be the Monday show. So we'll be joining you again Thursday morning. Look for it in your podcast feeds. Tell your friends, spread the word about Top Rope Nation. Check you guys next time. Peace.